Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of A Better Way podcast. Today, you have Courtney and Danielle here. Hello. And we're going to be chatting all about how to train others on how to treat your business. So Danielle and I were chatting earlier today, and I had mentioned that this is something that's really relevant to me right now, because as I build my business and I'm in client service, I find that I start out setting expectations for people on how to treat me and my business and my process. But then because I work with so many different clients, I end up um, adjusting and bending um, to meet their process, which is totally fine. It's always a give and take. Um, But oftentimes I find that I end up spending unnecessary time doing things because people don't realize necessarily the scope and breadth of things that I'm working on. And this goes for my family too. I was actually away last week and um, was doing some work while also kind of on vacation. And um, my family just doesn't always get what it's like to be running your own business and to be in client service. So I had to train them on some of that too. Um, So I'm excited to jump into this, but Danielle, anything you have to add before we chat a little bit about how the, how we face this in our own businesses? Yeah. I mean, I think This is always something like whether you're in corporate or you have your own business, it's always something that happens, right? And, um, you know, even when I didn't have a family and was just younger and working in sales, sales is a super demanding type of job. And it's also the type of job where you're super autonomous, like owning your own business. And so if you don't do the work, no one else can. And so I've always struggled to take breaks and take vacations because I feel like I'm not making money unless I'm working. Um, And so I think, and, you know, I think like even for my husband, my husband's in sales as well. And sometimes I get frustrated with him and like the amount of time he's working, but then I remind myself, like, there's just some things that can't wait. Um, or at least that's what our cultural, a culture tells us. Right. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some level of training, if you will. I'm not sure that's what I would call it. I think it's more like expectation setting about your process and the way you do things with, you know, both clients and the people you interact with in your non-business life. So I definitely think it's something that everyone needs to get better at, right? And a worthwhile topic for us to cover today so that hopefully we can all brainstorm together about what what might be helpful in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the examples that I want to chat about is kind of training your clients on how to treat your business. And I use the word train because I've heard business coaches that I've worked with use that term and remind me. And so something that I find really interesting that I've experienced over the last few months is that 
I feel like my clients are my boss. So because I'm a first time entrepreneur and I'm still early on, it's really easy for me to be like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z today. And then I jump into my email and my priorities get mixed up. And I know that that happens to everyone, whether or not you're an entrepreneur or not. Um, But then I feel like sometimes I'm doing things and I'm doing things with the goal of making my clients happy as opposed to being smart and strategic and making a difference. And so I found myself having to stop and say, wait a second, I'm not an employee. I am a consultant that someone has hired for a specific area of expertise and for guidance and for insight and for direction. And so I my needs around timing and urgency are just as important as theirs. Um, my needs around them delivering on different agreements that we had is just as important as me delivering and that it's more of a partnership. And so I think for me, I'm realizing, even as we're talking here, that so often it's my perception of my relationships with my clients and what their expectations are that are causing the issue. And it may not be that my clients are being disrespectful of my time or of my process, but it could be that I'm not asserting myself enough, or I'm not being confident in my approach. Um, and I'm kind of opening up the doors for them to kind of walk all over it or adjust it. Um, so I love your take, Danielle, actually, if you have advice too, but you know, something I'm struggling with right now is shifting that mindset of feeling like I'm responsible and need to respond to everyone and answer to everyone in a way that they're my employer, which yes, they do pay me, but it's an exchange for a service and I am an equal or partner to them. Well, so you can't see my face, but I'm giving Courtney a dirty look when she said that she feels like they're her boss because that is so far from the truth. Of course, you should respect your clients and uh, make sure they're happy, right? Like that is 100% something you should do. But they hired, if they wanted to do it themselves and they knew how to do it, they would do it themselves. They've hired you to bring your, your strategy, your system, your expertise to the table. And it's your job to lead, right? Like lead this portion of the project. And so if they bring up something that is not relevant or not on like the docket for today, right? Like you just need to redirect them and set the expectation. And, you know, it's funny. I'm realizing that so much of sales is expectation setting. And I think that might be why I'm actually like, I don't want to say I'm good at it, but like, I'm not, I do it all the time because oftentimes in a sales cycle, right? Like, um, and if anyone's been in sales, they know this, but, um, actually this happened to me yesterday. So for, for our listeners, I'm sure if you've been listening since the beginning, you know, that I still work in my corporate software sales job and One of the things that can happen a lot on a discovery call, which is like the first call you have with somebody, maybe you have these in your own business, like when you're 
thinking about working with a client, right? That call where like, really, you want to understand what they want and what their problems are so that you can figure out if you're the right person to help them, right? And so every single call, discovery call, I, I get on the phone and I say, so nice to meet you. On these first calls, what I like to do is learn a lot about your business, what you guys are doing today, right? In the realm of the, the area that I help, right? And then I say, and then we can talk a little bit about my company, right? Blank. And decide on some next steps together, if that makes sense. And so sometimes, 99% of the time, people are like, yep, that sounds great, whatever. Sometimes, like yesterday, the person says, no, that doesn't work. Oh my <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And 99 times out of that 1%, the person repeats back to me what they'd like to do, but they're basically saying what I said in a different way. Mm-hmm. And 1% of the time, the person just wants to completely derail the conversation, right? And so... I could, and like a very, a junior sales rep will fall into this trap. Well, they'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. What do you want to talk about? And then they'll have a call where the client makes you talk all about you, like the features of the software instead of you actually learning anything about them and, or in even understanding if you can help them. Mm -hmm. So like this is like sales 101, right? And being able to say like, I totally understand that you want to take this conversation in a different direction. That's actually not going to be helpful. I need to understand your problems intimately so that I can understand if I'm the right fit for you, right? And this, like, I feel like this is what you need to do, right? Like when, when clients send you an email, you need to say to them, repeat back to them so they feel heard, right? Like, I totally understand that you'd like for me to work on X, Y, Z this week. The A, B, C, and I'm doing it that way because I want to get these results for you. Is that still your priority? And then they say, oh, yes, of course. Please do what you need to do, right? Like I've hired you to push back on me, right? To tell me that that's not what I should be doing or what I should be focused on. So that's a good example. So, and it's interesting. I feel really confident having those conversations. um, And I've had to in my agency roles. This is where I get caught up every time. Right. We'll be like, oh, or we'll talk about something and we'll get an alignment on the direction and it'll get to the awkward point of like, who's doing what? And I clearly have a set bank of hours with my clients and it, I find that I often go over those for all of my clients, which then ends up with me being over capacity. Um, but I have a nasty habit of getting on a call or in a meeting and being like, okay, yep, I'll take that. Not a big deal. But then every time I say that to all my clients, my plate is overflowing or, um, 
they'll be like, oh, can you do that? And I'll be like, yep, sure. No problem. Um, or, Hey, can you jump on the phone today? Um, yeah. Okay. Then we're on the phone for an hour and a half and I'm like, okay, I just need to be cognizant of the fact that I have another client meeting in a minute. And then I lose an hour and a half of my day doing work for them or, okay, I can get to that in two weeks. Well, I really want to get it quicker. So can we get it done by next week? And I'll say, okay, sure. As opposed to being like, no, I, I can't, I have deadlines the next two weeks. I'm really bad at that. And I know many other people that I've worked with struggle with that too. I'm not going to say bad at it. They struggle with it. Um, and I'm wondering if it's a, also a female thing. Um, but thoughts on that. Um, Danielle, look again. Cause Danielle can't relate to any of this. Cause she's really good at all this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, well, people are like, can you get it to me next week? No, <laughs> this happens to me all the time. Too. Okay. So this happens to me all the time too. Give me your seat. And again, like, and again, because I work my full-time job full-time and my my own business part-time, a lot of my stories still relate to my full-time job because I'm it's doing um, This happens to me all the time. Hey, Danielle, um, we loved the first demo. Here, you, I'll role play. You tell me what you're supposed to say. We loved the first demo. Um, we'd like to do a second demo. Here's a list of all the things we'd like to see. Uh, do you have availability Thursday at two o'clock? Now it's Wednesday, right? So Thursday at two o'clock, tomorrow at two o'clock. Now, I would say, no, I don't. This is when I am available to do that. But see the difference is, but th this is where you're probably gonna catch me. I think of it as like, you have, you're the salesperson. So you're not on retainer to do work for these people. I am on retainer with most of my clients, I would say. And so I feel like I always need to be doing work for all of them all the time. But if you look at my retainers of 15 hours a month here for one client, 20 hours a month here for another client, it's not possible for me to be doing work for them all the time, but every given day, I feel like I need to be moving all of my clients forward and that's not possible. And I think that the other thing that gets me and Danielle's going to laugh about this because I was thinking about this this morning and as it relates to Danielle is I'm a planner and all of my clients hate to plan, but that's part of the reason that they hired me. I know Danielle hates planning too, um, but planning and sticking to the plan within reason allows me to get all my shit done without the shit hitting the fan. But when my clients don't plan and don't stick to the plan, shit hits the fan for me all the time. And I'm sick of shit hitting the fan. Yeah. You just need to be like, here's the plan. Um, do you, so, okay. So one thing we use in sales is a joint execution plan. Mm -hmm. And essentially what it is, is like all the things that need to get done in a sales process, right? So it's different because it's, yes, it's not client work, but it's still things that have to get done, right? And some of them are my responsibility and some of them are the client's responsibility, like reviewing a legal contract, right? Like I have to get that done on my end and the client has to get that done on their end, right? So like, I'm not the one who actually does it, but I'm more of like, I'm the quarterback, right? Like I need to make sure all these pieces are continuing to move forward, right? right. And it's very similar in the sense that like, you, so I'm going to like call BS on you because it's very similar in the sense that you want to keep a deal moving forward, right? Like 
if you don't, there's, there are definitely sales reps that are like, okay, yeah, we'll get it done tomorrow. And then they'll put a lot of pressure on their sales engineer to get to prep, prep for that meeting by tomorrow. And it's, they do a disservice to themselves and the client because they've stopped everything that they were doing to get ready for this demo. And it's not going to be as good as it could be if it were done next week because there's not enough time to actually prepare properly. Mm -hmm. And you're likely, like you said, like you're overtaxing yourself because you have other things that need to get done by tomorrow. And you're just putting more on your plate, which is making you more stressed and likely lowering the quality of work, right? Like, or, or your own, your quality of life. Right. So, so, and there is like, and there's also that, like, here's the thing in my situation, it's like, they're talking to me and they're talking to two other sales reps at other companies. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, well, what if like, XYZ company is doing a demo tomorrow. You know, what if we're going to be, what if we're now like not following the pace of how, like how another company is helping them evaluate. Right. So like I have competition and I could easily just say like, yes to everything that they want, but that's not going to be, first of all, they respect me more when I say no, it sets the example that like, I'm that person too. That's where training, in this case, your prospective clients and in me, my clients, that's where you're training them how to respect your business in some extent. So that's where I think that that comes into play too. Cause I often step back and I think about that, that like by saying, no, I'm actually adding more value to my clients and I'm, I'm protecting the integrity of the work that I do and the value that I bring to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you sharing that example reinforces that, yes, it's something that's necessary. It's just me now working up the guts to put it into action because it's something I've been thinking about. And, but the way you just said that is you're exactly training them in that you are holding your ground in a way that they know that your intent is always to do the best thing for them, even if that means saying no or no, not right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with there's so many examples. There's so many examples. And now that we're talking about this, I'm like, oh my God, maybe the key to sales is like pushing back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. And, but uh, I mean, I'm joking. There's a lot more to it, but yeah, there's so many examples like that. Like sometimes companies are like, I want to implement this myself. Like I don't need help. I don't want to pay for implementation. Oh yeah. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But like, we're not going to let you buy it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, like you have to have a plan for implementation or else we're not just going to give you our software because guess what? Next year when renewal comes up, you're not going to renew because you're not going to have done anything with it. Right. Right. And like companies get, some companies get pissed. I actually love difficult people. That's my specialty. (laughs) I I can see you like, it's like you love the chase. I I do. I do. I do. I love difficult clients. It's my absolute favorite. When when somebody's like, no, when I'm like, here's the agenda for today. And they're like, no, I'm like, yes, I love this. Like bring it on. Yeah. I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> and honestly, by the end of it, the person leaves happy. I promise you. It's extremely rare that somebody says no to me. I push back on them and help them understand why we need to do things a certain way. And they're pissed off and don't want to talk to me. Yes, it happens. But for the majority of people, they realize that like, it's okay. And this was actually the right path. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and they leave happy. So it's like totally fine. So two other things as we were chatting um, about like frameworks that I've put in place to help with this um, that might be useful for listeners too is yesterday I actually presented a, a large marketing plan to a firm that I'm working with. And rather than giving like a detailed schedule, I actually broke it up into priorities of like, okay, these are all the channels and tactics I'm recommending. This is, these are our priorities in the next 30 days. These are our priorities in the next 90 days. And these are priorities in the next six months. So essentially by the end of the year. And I did that because so often I'm presenting large overarching plans, but on a day to day when they're hiring me and I have like two to three hours to work on their business that particular day, I can't even scratch the surface. And so we need to prioritize them. And so we prioritize the things that are both urgent and important, and then giving them a roadmap so they can visually say, okay, there's a space for everything there. This is in a container, whether it's the 30 day, 90 day or six months. So I know we're not going to lose sight of it, but I also know it's not going to happen all at once. Um, and I've also done that prioritization grid with clients where it's like one, two, three, four, one being urgent, important two being, um, not urgent, but important three being urgent, but not important. And four being not urgent or important, which I know sounds super corporate, but actually some of my clients have found that really helpful. Um, because once yeah. they see it on paper and they're able to visualize, they're like, Oh, of course we can't get all that done. Um, the other thing that I've started doing, and it's funny because one of my clients, the client that I presented the plan to yesterday, they were like, Oh, that's such a genius idea is I've started creating parking lot documents with them where anytime they have a new idea, they just jump in a Google drive document that I've created for their team that's titled parking lot. And they literally park their ideas there. And then we'll go and sit and review it in meetings because it's just not possible. But it's funny how those two little things have made a slight difference in some of my, not slight difference, a difference in my con conversations with clients lately. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to know, especially because you're juggling both jobs right now. I think something else I've learned that I do a much better job of is tr training or creating expectations around my family and how to treat my business. So I often find that I will be trying to do work and people will interrupt me all the time. And it's because I'm home and it's because I'm running my own business and they see it as flexibility. But had I been in my corporate role still, they would never think to interrupt me because I'm at work and I'm working for a boss or a company. And so I've had to kind of level set and we've made good progress in that end just by being really open and transparent and saying, listen, I need this space. I cannot be bothered during this time. Or if I need to help you out during this time, that means I need time tonight or this weekend uninterrupted by myself without kids to get work done. So that's typically my husband, but I've also had to have those conversations with my mom and my mother-in-law and, and things like that. I'm interested to know on your side the fact that you have to do so much of your work for shaping and taste buds during other hours, how you have kind of tr 
encouraged family or friends to respect that so that you get the time and space you need to do what you need to do. I, I don't know. I think I just benefit from the fact that I live with another workaholic. So, um, and I like doing it. Like I like doing that work. So it doesn't feel like work to me. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just, I, from the hours of about four o'clock till eight o'clock, I don't do anything like for my regular job or shaping young taste buds. And then I would say from eight o'clock on probably for like three hours or so I do work. And sometimes my husband will request that like, we don't have our laptops out and we, um, like watch something together. Right. But for the most part, he's doing work too. So like we both have our laptops out and we're both doing work and we're watching like something ridiculous in the background. And that's kind of our normal. I don't know that that's super healthy, but that's like what we both do. And so I don't know. I think it's easier for me because he does it too, right? If I were the only one pulling out my laptop at eight o'clock, like he may be annoyed by that, but he's not because he has work to do too. Yeah. So, and I think like we do treat that like four or five o'clock to eight o'clock, like as sort of like our family time. So both of us have had like a pretty long break, like four hours or three hours. And so we're like sort of ready to jump in and feel like there's things we need to get done before the next day. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's just sort of like what, you know, what I want to know is (laughs) about the days that I can like go upstairs at eight o'clock and read a book and go to bed. Like I see so many people on social media doing, but I wonder how many people actually can do that. Cause everyone I talk to is up till 11 trying to finish things, either getting the kids stuff ready for the next day or doing business stuff or even just paying the bills. Um, so I'm yep. starting to think that that's a farce. <laughs> I know. I don't know. At least in this growth stage, right? Like where I'm trying to grow my business. Like I can't really, I have a full-time job during the day, so I can't really just not work at night. Cause then when would I do anything for my business? Like that's when I create like all my social media assets. I would say I plan, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I definitely like write down the meetings I have for the next day. So I have like an agenda and I always like, I just think it reinforces and like reminds me what I have to do tomorrow. And if like, there's anything I need to prep for, which sometimes happens, but, um, but I don't like plan anything Mm -hmm. except for meals. I, I, so in my to do's, I have meetings or in my agenda, I have meetings, I have dinner and then I have workout. Like what workout am I doing? I'm trying to be good about working out, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, girlfriend. I just work all the time. I don't, there is like, I don't know. I don't have the answers. No, I don't either. And I think you're right that part of this is a stage because I think about like when my kids are in school more regularly, I think that will be my dedicated time. But I also think that it's, 
you know, for people listening, something that I have to remind myself all the time is, um, whether or not you're your own boss or not, you have control. It is your life. Like there is no dress rehearsal. Every day is, is the sum of your life. And so by giving yourself the ability to say, is that what I want to do right now? Yes. Of course there are things you don't need. You don't have the control to say no to you have to do. Um, but more often than not, I'm realizing that we think that we don't have a way out or we don't have the ability to push back or adjust expectations. But even in jobs where we have bosses, I think that that is possible. We're just so scared and no one really talks about that. And I say that because even in the corporate world, there were people who I'd be like, how did they get away with that? Why am I doing all this work? Why am I staying up late doing all this? And this person's like not doing anything. Well, they probably prioritize differently and they're doing something, but just not to the same extent that I am. And so maybe I need to make that choice. And I think that it comes back to that in entrepreneurship too, in that like, as you're building it, you can do all the things and you can take on all the things if you want to, but if you don't want to, you can also say no, and that's okay. But it's being confident and finding peace internally rather than seeking it from other people. Because I think it's really easy even like, you know, Danielle just started her course. I think, it's, you know, when you're working with other people to transform something, whether it's their own business or their health or their family's health, it can feel really dependent on their success, but their success doesn't determine your success in your business. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see your experiences because it can be easy to get caught in the trap of, you know, doing everything you can to help other people. But at some point you have to be okay with, this is what I was contracted to do. I did offer them something of value. And then the rest of it is what they need to do to take it over the finish line. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. And remember, I think that I like, I think the takeaway for this episode is really these people hired you mm-hmm. to do a job that they feel they can't do or don't have time to do, right? Whether it's that they don't have the capacity, whether it's capacity issue or a expertise issue, they've hired you and you're the boss. And your time, if you burn out, then there's no Courtney, there's no, there's no Courtney's work. So like you have to protect yourself so that you can continue doing this work. And that's why you need to see it. You need to see it as I have to protect myself so that I can continue to do this work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Danielle, I feel like you just gave me a coaching session. I think I did. It was good. Should I be a coach? Yeah. I mean, I'm a health coach, but like a life coach. Life coach, business coach. Totally be a life coach. You know what I'm going to be? An organization coach. Ooh. I'm kidding. I think that sounds good though. Like that's something I should do. <laughs> That's what you should do. <laughs> That's what I'm definitely not going to do. Um, maybe we should have a guest on and we should, we should do live coaching with them. Ooh, that would be a good idea. Fun. Yeah. If anybody's listening and you want to come on for a coaching session and get some tips and insight, message me and Danielle. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, we're going to coach them. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. I was thinking the opposite. We could do either. Let's do both. If yeah. there's out there that wants to come on an episode and coach me and Danielle, also message us. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, we'll have to get on that. Um, but this was fun. This was yeah. helpful. 
Good. Anything Good. else you have on your end? No. I'm just glad I was able to help. And I hope that you protect yourself a little bit more. I will. I will. Um, and I can't wait. Danielle had her first session of her um, course this week. And so I think we should do um, a check-in in a few weeks to chat about how it's going um, mm-hmm. and share because you just went through the period of launching and now running. And I think that our listeners could really benefit from hearing someone real time going through it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks everybody. We hope you have a healthy and happy week and we'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.